Do you want to? Do you want to do Tamer right now? Sure. I pulled out some stuff that I was like, dang, I must have been in a mood. There is something in the one that you're going to read that talks about girls in their club clothes, and I, and I actually actually took that all out, and I'm j- and I'm actually just going to say we all have clothes that we wear, men and women both, to say when we were, were available. That's so much more tactful. It is much more tactful. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Leading Together podcast. I'm here with Jen and Judy, and we are on week 11 of the Not So Little Women series. This week, we are learning about Tamar in Genesis. Tamar? Tamar? <laughs> Cast your vote here. Tomato, tomato. Tomato. Uh, what do we want to say? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> what stood out to you in this message? I did not realize there are two Tamars in the Bible. One is the one that we're studying, and the other one is um, <clears throat> David's daughter. Oh, okay. And neither one has a great story. It's interesting in the narrative that we're in the middle of the Joseph story. And then, oh, we take a break from our regularly scheduled program to give you this oddly timed, weird story. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes you go, why is it there? I felt that that was kind of refreshing, though, that mm-hmm. we don't think of the Bible as just all these great stories that make you feel warm and fuzzy. Maybe some people don't look at the Bible that way. Some people look at it as all the, the gloom and doom as well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever in your whole life heard a, a whole sermon on Tamar? Yes, actually. But because I've heard Aaron now teach through Genesis like multiple times. Okay. Once yeah. at E1 in like high school, I want to say, when he taught through Genesis. So what stands out to you both about this woman in all her complexity? I don't think we can even grasp how horrible it was for her to be a widow in her father's house. And... She goes through two really bad marriages with this mm-hmm. family and the fact that she's willing to go through a third with a son that most likely would have been a jerk too. That's how desperate she was to have children to change her status that she was willing to go, you know, to these lengths to make sure the line is preserved. She was probably treated horribly mm-hmm. a lot because her first husband, Er, was so bad God killed him. Like chances were he's probably not very nice to her either. Then even now, when you go through the shock of the loss too, even yes. if he was yeah. an unrighteous person. Yeah. I realize I don't think this was included in the message. This is Deuteronomy chapter 25. I won't read the whole thing, but it says here, if two brothers are living together on the same property and one of them dies without a son, his widow may not be married to anyone from outside the family. Instead, her husband's brother should marry her and have intercourse with her to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law. The first son she bears to him will be considered the son of the dead brother so that his name will not be forgotten in Israel. And Odin didn't want to share that with, you know, right? that 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 honor, the inheritance, whatever comes with that. He didn't, he was so selfish to, to fulfill his legal duty. And so as odd as this concept is to us now mm-hmm. <laughs> rightly so thousands of years later it's, it, it, that system you know it had a, an intention and a purpose and you see that just fall apart as these men fail to uphold that and now it just unravels from there to see her with first the two the two brothers or the two husbands and then to be intertwined with the father-in-law what a complex life it's a lot. 
This story reminds me of like a vigilante story, right? Like we're going to take yeah. justice into our own hands. And she does in this very uh, creative way. It highlights like how important it is that through all of scripture, we're reminded we have a God that sees and knows yes. and identifies with us and is not just some empathetic observer, although that in itself is a gift, but it's like actually working to make all things new. Right. Yeah to right every wrong mm-hmm. and if Tamar Tamar whatever her name is <laughs> if she would have rested in that truth mm-hmm. you know how much relief would that have brought her and prevent her from taking the actions that she did in so many of these stories we see the Gentile people acting more godly than God's chosen people I, I feel like she's more righteous than Judah is mm. you don't think so I don't you don't think she's using her, I mean she don't think so why, what do you think motivates her? I think she wants to expose the one who has caused her harm. And I, I think there is just a natural justice or desire for justice in that sense. But the way she goes about it, she sins herself. Yeah. Rahab sinned, but we didn't hold that against her. I don't know. The sin being the lie. Yeah. Because I feel like... I would have to go back to Steve's message. I thought he even kind of questioned if we can actually categorize that as a sin. Yeah. Because it was during war. War time, deceit, deception. I mean, and then the midwives, you know, we're getting all over the place, but (laughs) it's okay. And the midwives in Egypt lied to Pharaoh to Mm -hmm. save the babies, to preserve life. Like Mm -hmm. we're seeing these women kind of being, you know, cunning. Mm-hmm. to preserve life. When, no question yeah. for uh, lack of a better phrase, Tamar's like screwed over in this right. story, right? right? Like she, yeah. she really is. Um, yeah. She's oppressed and mm-hmm. the future before her looks bleak. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that justifies her engaging in prostitution, right. seduction, incest. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There should be justice in this story, but not yeah. the way she took it into her own hands. Yeah. So her motivation was probably selfish to secure a better place for herself instead of being a widow. Yeah, we which is know. understandable. Like who yeah. wouldn't want that over being a right. widow, right? Right, <laughs> in her father's house. It was yeah. Like, yeah. But I I guess I would resist the temptation to like um, gloss over her actions. Right. Or justify them. No. Because right. of the scenario. Even though Judah said she is so much better than I I think it showed her sin as well as his and sin being sin. Mm -hmm. I liked how Aaron said um, about morality and how morality will never save you, but God's grace will, it'll break through into lives of people who otherwise would sink under their corruption. Mm. And I, and I think of that, even for myself, my morals who, which have been sinful, but yet knowing that even though I tried to be moral, that's not what would save me. But God saw through all of that and still rescued me. When you talk about the providence of God, it's not just him manipulating events. It's him seeing right. us the heart. through the heart. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that his providence is, is part you know, manipulating events, but also that he's going to see it through with Judah. I mean, he's not, the, you know, the main part of this story because that we're focusing on, but <laughs> I 
Oh, Judah. <laughs> you, know, you know, God sees it through and he has a real heart change by the end. So, and, and, and that's part of God's providence. And do we have that same trust today? Do we trust that God is in control? And are we willing to hold things loosely, knowing that he is providential? Judah's reaction when he found out that she was pregnant. <laughs> Bring her out. Let's yeah. burn her. Let's see who this guy is. Know. <laughs> you know, and it shamed people shame people, don't they? So he... Uh, I liked Aaron's line, but this guy must be say? a Christian. I know. He's so hypocritical. It's so religious, isn't it? Like, let's burn her at the stake. Like, visiting cult prostitutes. He wasn't worried about the promise and the line and, you know, the, that many nations will be blessed through you, you know. But you see real heart change with him it seems yes. that's yeah. really encouraging yes. I hope so does it continue on yeah. I think so like you see that with and Aaron talks about this too when he goes on and has a, his sons like he's there and he names them and right. plays a more active role in the family than he did before and even matured his, um, his interaction with Joseph in the end and yeah. how he protects Benjamin's life he, um, there's a real like change a with him protectiveness yes. that comes from yeah I think the there's maturity. a real heart change Jacob names him as oh and his, his final blessing, blessing. Yeah. him, and he's the fourth son I believe I so. So who's the yeah, fourth son? Judah okay and it's through his line that we will get the royal line David will come through there and then eventually Jesus <laughs> I liked also how um, Aaron brought up about the confession versus repentance yeah. mm-hmm. and how we are so good. Uh, this came up not too long. must have been in the forgiveness series. We can confess, but what then happens to repentance? I think it's kind of forgotten about. That's what I hope to see in our GC. Hmm. He goes back to that question of trust, yeah. though, like you said, like yeah. unbelief at the root of every sin then in, in what or whom do you place your trust yep. that's the core of repentance yeah. what are you trusting in mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I think that reminder about repentance would be such a great thing for GCs to explore mm-hmm. Yeah, this week I think also that concept of justice it might be neat to revisit that especially going back to our forgive series yeah. I know that that was a really um, engaging point like of conversation in our group and I think in a a few other groups from talking with leaders um again I think just scripture and the gospel does such a great job of not glossing over the atrocities of sin regardless of who commits it yet highlighting how God moves through brokenness to restore and we don't need to hide essentially from either revealing the injustices done against us or the ones that we commit to bringing those things to light so that there can be healing just like we see in this story. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that kind of humiliation and just that kind of exposure, especially with like his grandstanding, like we were saying, you know, bring yeah. him out I know. Like, and then it's you. So awful. She had his keys, his wallet and his driver's license. Basically. <laughs> like, like you said, we get to laugh about it in Santa Maria 4,000 years later. Right? I know. It's so funny. If you would dream up a redemption story, it would not look like no, this. It wouldn't. Only God could make such an amazing story, like thousands of years in the making. It's, yeah. uh, it's wild. It's so cool. I just get super... The first will be last. You know, the second Adam will be the actual savior, not the first Adam. It's just all like, oh, there's so much. It's so rich and beautiful and amazing. 
this is the thing with with Tamar. Uh, the, the story about her, it is a story where nobody looks good. Yeah. And we have tried to make Tamar into a hero. You see all through the text uh, where she has sinned against over and over. She's victim and perpetrator. Right. And But then she gets to a point where she has been victimized so much that she says, I'm done. And then she perpetrates. It's like, I feel justified in doing this sinful thing because these other things have happened to yeah. me. Yeah. And that's when it switches. Judah's like, she's pregnant. Let's burn her. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I put this comment in the message. I, I put, maybe he is a Christian because only this type of hypocrisy happens in the church. <laughs> But I want to see is. the screenplay for that. A beat. Yeah. <laughs> Driver's license. Um, but uh, when he says she is more righteous than I, there's an interesting Hebrew word that's used. And the word that is used is when a judge would look at two people and maybe neither one of them were innocent, mm-hmm. but they would say justice is on your side. It doesn't mean she didn't sin. It doesn't mean she was righteous. She's not exonerated. She's not uh-huh. exonerated. And that's what the Bible does. I think it it shows us both sides of this. The victimization was wrong, but the sin was wrong, and it calls it both out. So we can't just take one side and say, oh, look, her sin was wrong, how terrible she is. And we can't just say, oh, look how bad her victimization was, and then overlook everything else. The Bible's beautiful because it shows us that we can have been victimized, but that does not mean that we are not responsible for Mm -hmm. our sin. And all those things come together. And then Tamar again ultimately points to Christ. Her descendant exonerates her. Yes, this is true. So what's a practical living out for our community groups? Well, you have somebody in your community group who maybe they felt wronged against and they felt justified in something they did that wasn't right. Too many to count. I know. Gosh. <laughs> well, it takes something as simple as marriages. Sometimes we get so irritated with the other person, either not understanding us or you ask them to do something 20 times and they've never done it. And then all of a sudden you feel righteous in lashing out at them. I think that that happens a lot. So maybe ask people in, the, in your GC, what, when have they felt vindicated in doing something that wasn't right, but they felt okay. Mm-hmm. God's redemption is great. <laughs> And it never it goes away. We think it will. Or he uses the things we... It doesn't use our positives. It's usually the negative he would, works through. It would just be so great if we all could acknowledge the places where we sin rather than trying to cover them up first. Well, what's so interesting is like she's implicated in this, obviously, right? Yeah. The way she deceived him yes. and slept with him and seduced him, all of that. But she was willing to expose not just his sin, but her sin. Yeah. And by that coming to light, you see this transformation. It's a good reminder. I got to go buy a veil, put it in my face so no one knows who I am, and I'll sit on the side of the element. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>